Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm excited to bring you an interview. Uh, one of the great things about a strategic coach, a lot of many great things, but I I meet a lot of good people that are doing big things, and today's guest is uh, Paul Carroll, he, and he is one of those folks doing big things, and I have him give us a little more context in his background than I do uh, with maybe some other guests, uh, because I've gotten to know him a little bit, and it's an interesting backstory, and I wanted you to hear that, so we dive into that. But Paul is a certified financial planner. He's the principal and founder of Avion Wealth an elite wealth management firm based in South Texas uh, with clients throughout the United States. Paul's team provides a conservative wealth management experience for success businesses, leaders, and their families with a commitment to communication and attention to detail. And he wrote a great book, and that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, the, the essence of this book. And it's called uh, Tips and Traps, Selling Your Business While Maximizing Your Wealth. And a lot of chiropractors are selling their business. A lot of them are going to want to in the future. And all of you should be considering doing it uh, or at least preparing it for that and what to consider when you're going to sell it because it's a, it's a lot of moving parts and you want to start getting it prepared now. And we talk about that. And it's great to have someone on. You know, We've had progressive practice sales on, which is great. And they're right in the thick of it. Uh, but having a a wealth manager or someone in the financial industry giving you a perspective from what they see and what to look out for. And we dive into a lot of things that are going to be applicable to you. Again, whether you're exiting soon, uh, really soon, or in 30 years, this information is going to be uh, very helpful for you. Uh, before we dive into that, I wanted to make mention again, we are offering a $5,000 new practice owner scholarship. So for our entrepreneurs out there, if your practice has been open, you own it uh, for two years or less, or you're, you're coming up in the next six months to open up your own practice, you can apply for this. And this is uh, from the Mastermind Group. We put together this fund to, to donate to someone, and we've got a lot of good um, you know, information on what you can spend it on. We'll help guide you on it. Uh, but ultimately, you know, there's not going to be any strings attached to it other than uh, you do have to invest it into uh, certain categories that are going to help grow your practice. Uh, you can't go and buy a new car, right? You can't, and run that through the, the business. And just go to the uh, application, bit.ly forward slash MCM5K. It's the number five. So bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash MCM number five K. You might have to do the whole HTTPS thing in, in front of that. You can go to the closed Facebook group of Modern Chiropractic Marketing to also find the links in there. So check that out. Uh, we will be pulling a winner. Uh, November 17th is the deadline, and we'll be pulling a winner. It's not a raffle. We're actually, as a mastermind group, working through the applications into, as a group, uh, select a winner of that $5,000. So check that out. Excited to offer that to a entrepreneurial chiropractor coming up. And without further ado, here is my interview with Paul Carroll. All right. Welcome to the show, Paul. I really appreciate your time today. I'm excited to dive into a, a really much needed 
uh, topic. But before we do that, I know you have a an interesting backstory. I'd love to take the time to to hear that so we can set the context for our audience. Kevin, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it so much. Uh, love to share the story. You want me to start at the beginning? I, I say Let's that at do your it. own risk. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I was born in Dublin, Ireland. I lived in Ireland for about five years. My parents moved to London and then Manchester, England. And uh, when I was about five, I came over to the United States when I was 15 on a vacation funded by my grandparents, like what I saw. And when I was 17 years old, I landed in the United States with $200 in a toothbrush. I arrived in a bright orange Braniff Jumbo Jet. Many people don't even remember those. As I said, I was 17 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. So before long, I ran out of airspeed, altitude, and ideas at about the same time and enlisted in the Air Force as an aircraft electrician. And that turned into a fantastic platform for me to get my undergraduate degree in business and management. I, while I was in that program, I developed a, 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 an interest, a love for finance. I got out of the military at about the same time as I got my four-year degree, graduated summa cum laude, which basically means I'm not the smartest kid in the block, but I was most motivated to move on. Mm -hmm. So after that, I went to Texas A&M, got a master's in finance, and landed a job with Smith Barney. Smith Barney, we all known love from the old commercials. They made money the old-fashioned way. They stole it. I mean, they they earned it. <laughs> um, after a little bit uh, of dialing for dollars, I kind of questioned my, my career choice. And um, a good friend of mine, for one of mentorship, said, hey, let's, let's finish the job, learn how to fly, and get a job flying for a living. Kevin, I got to tell you, whenever you change career for some profession where there's extraordinary demand, I have learned by the time you're ready, that demand has been satisfied. And I actually was uh, employable at the beginning of the longest hiring drought in aviation history. Seven jobs and 7,000 hours later, I did end up at Continental Airlines. And uh, I was very happy rising through the ranks, frankly, quite fast because they hadn't hired for so long until, of course, September 11 occurred. As you as you know, September 11 blew a hole in the heart of America and also in the side of Continental Airlines. I was uh, subsequently transferred to Houston, and then after that, I was actually notified I would be furloughed. Uh, I've been at this for quite some time now. I've got a young family, and I'm beginning to second-guess my career choice. Mm -hmm. I'd come to the conclusion aviation's a lottery career. I love flying. I still do to this day. But at that point in time, I decided I'm going to start my own business. And in 2005, we launched Efficient Wealth Management, initially focused on airline pilots, uh, airline executives, um, check airmen, that kind of thing. That was a great gig until 2008, the Great Recession. You probably recall this. Yeah. Only two airlines survived bankruptcy. And that was Continental and Southwest. Southwest didn't have a pension plan and a Continental. The old adage, you get the union that you deserve. Gordon Bethune had taken such good care of those boys that when it came time to go hat in hand to freeze the pension, they actually voted to let it happen. They didn't have to go into bankruptcy. But the, the retirement plans and the pensions were our bread and butter. And we had to do a lightning fast pivot to uh, energy executives at the time. 
Yeah, our whole program was based on using a consultative approach, working with a team of experts to help our clients not only protect their wealth, maximize their cash flow, minimize their taxes, take care of their heirs, protect their assets from being unjustly taken, maximize the impact of charitable planning if that was important to them. I will admit, like any entrepreneur, you're, you're twisting the dials. I don't care what mm -hmm. your program is. I know you have a fantastic consulting program, but you keep twisting the dials until something happens. And sure enough, we were off to the races again. We, we were doing really, really well. But that continued pretty much till the end of the 20 teens. About 2018, 19, we decided we needed to rebrand because we had changed so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had discovered our core constituency was successful business leaders, which uh, C-suite executives and successful entrepreneurs. Because of that, we, we, with a nod to the history of the company, we changed the name to Avion Wealth. Mm -hmm. And of course, only people who know our history probably can connect the dots, and that's fine. That, that just was a nod, and I, I love the name, and it's been a great success. I've been having a great time you know, in our businesses, yours and mine. Your clients oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes become very good friends, close friends. It's very hard to separate business from, from just your, your, your social life. I'm blessed beyond belief. I have great clients, great friends, and an awesome team. I, I, uh, you know, we're both in strategic coach. We have that mm -hmm. connection. We're both a very process oriented, leadership oriented. And after almost 20 years of building this business, I'm very proud of of, of what we've got here. And I don't mean that in a bravado fashion. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm proud of the people who helped me get here. Yeah, that was no, long-winded, but that's where we are. No, that's great. And I wanted to hear the context because, um, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, people, chiropractors come from all different walks of life. I didn't know you you came from Ireland. I'm, I'm trying to now figure out if, if if that's an Irish slash Texas accent that you have, or if it, is it more Texas now? Like, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know that about you being from Ireland. Well, it depends how much I've had to drink. Yeah. Um, there's a direct correlation between the brogue and the alcohol. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but also the fact that your career, you know, it kind of changed and evolved as you went along. And and we have some chiropractors that, A, uh, do a career change themselves. Like they had a whole career and they went back to chiropractic school. And so I want them to realize it's never too late. Or we have some chiropractors that maybe uh, worked for a practice for many years and now are on their own. And they're now this new entrepreneur, you went from a corporate job to entrepreneurship. And so our audience, no matter yeah, with a where, little stop at the airlines on the way. Yeah, exactly. No matter where they're at, it's never too late to uh, become an entrepreneur and then start really doing the things you want to do or not become an entrepreneur. And that's fine as well. Either way, uh, you you want to really make sure that you've got a, a path. And what we're going to really talk about today will essentially probably be for practice owners because you wrote a, a really good book that you were kind enough to give me at our strategic coach member and, and give people more background. That's how we know each other. We're in the same group in Chicago and it's been awesome to to get to know you and and others in that group. And that's it's always helping me grow. And you were kind enough to give me the book and the title really says it all tips and traps, selling your business with, while maximizing your wealth. And a lot of chiropractors um, look at their practice as a as their nest egg. And 
they have a lot of thoughts and ideas and sometimes misconceptions on, uh, you know, what that's going to look like and what that's going to do for them. But before we dive into it, what what compelled you to write this book? And 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 I'm, I'm commend you for doing because I know it's not easy. Oh, great question. If you don't mind, I'm going to rewind the tape a little bit. And yep. you talked about career changes and, and middle age entrepreneurs. And, and this isn't what I was thinking at the time, but with hindsight, I've really learned this. Everybody talks about the young uh, 20-something, they start a tech company, they become a billionaire. But I've actually learned studies at Harvard and others that most successful entrepreneurs actually started about in their 40s or even early 50s. And the, the, the reasoning or the belief is you need a certain amount of life experience. You need um, just practical experience from all sorts of different backgrounds so that you can connect the dots and, and take the learning that you offer along with that, those life experiences. And the second thing, if I may, is it's scary in your 40s switching. It, it is frightening. I mean, I, yeah, I got a nudge, but it was a big, it was, there's a part of you that almost feels like I have failed, even if you haven't, and, and that you should stay in one place. No, life is to be lived. And I don't regret any one of those twists looking back. I, I don't feel like, well, if I'd started this business 15 years earlier, look where I'd be. No, that, that background in aviation and business before that enabled me to have the knowledge and skill set and, and be who I am. And that's what enabled my success. Um, and if I can interject real quick, and I'll, I'll make sure I get back to the what made you get the write the book. Um, but I think we're on a on a good thread here that I want to pull on a bit more, and and that is, uh, you know, you had, uh, you know, some winding of the career. You had some obviously huge setbacks with the financial crisis, with nine eleven, and the airline industry. A lot of chiropractors come to me now. We had the setback with twenty twenty. Uh, a lot of them overcame that. They're having a little bit of a setback with um, inflation and the economy is a little bit weird right now. And so a lot of younger chiropractors, this is the first, this last few years has been the first real challenge. And I always try to reference back because I opened up a practice at the end of 2007 and uh, got hammered pretty hard once 08 Ouch. happened, but it, yeah, it was, it was tough, but it, it allowed me to um, really grind it out. And then when I did open my own practice again, in 2010, I was out from underneath, you know, the struggle of that. And I had the sea legs to, to do it the, the right way. And so I think, you know, your, your longevity of career and showing some of the setbacks, it didn't really um, hinder you from achieving what you've done now. And so I wanted chiropractors to make sure that they, they heard that part of the, the story from you. It could be career change. It could be big time obstacles, whether it's professional life or personal life. It doesn't mean it's too late to accumulate uh, more wealth, uh, a life that you love to live, practice that you want. And is that kind of what led you to um, really helping people out because you came from such a, 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 an interesting background there? Well, that's a great question. First, from a technical point of view, I just was fascinating. I was fascinated in investment and, and the process. Um, another part, I was not raised in an entrepreneurial family. 
And if, if there was any disadvantage, maybe that was it. But sometimes disadvantage is advantage is what I've learned over time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're raised in an entrepreneurial family, it's part of the DNA. You understand the moving parts. I didn't realize it, but I was a born entrepreneur. And when the stars aligned and I decided to make a shot at it, I've since looked back and, um, and found I, I love it. I love being the hunter and, and um, the independence. Now, I think 95% of the population don't. And in a way, thank God for that. Yeah. I've always wanted to nurture. One of the greatest joys for me of my business, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's not mm -hmm. taking care of the clients. And don't get me wrong. They mean a lot. But it's actually nurturing and watching my team grow. We have a relatively young team. We've taken most of them with little or no experience. And we've spent years and years and years polishing and mentoring and, and and now I watch them, they got young families and, and I can leave for a month at a time, come back. This place is ticking like a well-oiled well clock. And um, I'm very proud of that. And I very much enjoy that. So I think it was a combination, guiding people and leading people. Again, it's something else I never thought I would be good at, but I believe that's what's happened. That's great. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our first sponsor. This is going to be Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years. We've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else uh, to do this search engine optimization. She does a great job. There's there's so much to it. A lot of a lot of the lingo and the words are beyond my uh, comprehension, but it's just amazing work that she does. And if you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. So I, you, you just have to have this type of stuff done. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing and Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results. Your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review. Let's take a short break for one of our great sponsors, TrackStat. It is a new type of software plugin for your EHR that combines patient communication, marketing, automation, and statistics with patient and employee tracking. Built by chiropractors for chiropractors, it shows your team what to focus on each day. See patient visit habits, missing information, unpaid bills, insurance collection visit average, and more. Great visibility of data so you can focus on filling your office with your best patients. When you can see what your staff and patients are doing, or not doing, and take action accordingly, your profits naturally grow. Take TrackStat for a test drive in your office with our free trial. Not a techie, no problem, we can help. To get started on your free trial, visit trackstat.org and watch the demo. That is trackstat.org. So yeah, let's go back. What, what inspired the book? Well, the book is, uh, so this is actually my fifth book. And I don't know why I'm waving it, but <laughs> this is my fifth book, Tips and Traps, Selling Your Business While Maximizing Your Wealth. 
and it really came out of experiences I had with clients. So a lot of our clients are entrepreneurs and a lot of them are exiting their business. And sometimes they would come to me after the payday. And then within a year, something would unfold or something would unravel that um, ran the gamut from unpleasant to awful. Mm-hmm. And as I saw a number of these deals really go south on these people, or, or even they were just really disappointed at the way it unfolded. I thought, you know, there is material for a great book. And I believe strongly that coming from me instead of a business broker, because we don't sell businesses. We don't have a strategic alliance of any sort with a business broker. We have friends of Avion who are business brokers. So coming from me, I thought I could really write something that added value without being patently self-interested. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And so let's let's dive into some, because you've seen this quite a bit. Um, let's start out with the negatives. What are some of the traps people need to look out for when when they are selling their business? Whoa, boy, that's a good one. I think the single biggest trap, I mean, I um, I probably should have had a checklist for the con- for the conversation, <laughs> but the truth is the biggest trap is, or the biggest threat is yourself. Yep. Um, your business, unless you're um, it's a sociopath, your business is you. You love it. You probably love the people in it. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears in it. It is you. And Consequently, it is worth more to you than anyone else. Um, And you're going to be sensitive uh, both to the games that people play while negotiating. Mm -hmm. And related to this, this may only be the first, possibly second business you've ever sold. One of the theses of the book is you need a really good team. You don't need to be learning how to sell a business using your business for the training. That's and a, and a lot of people don't look at it that way. They're like, I'm yeah. smart. I can save a buck. And, and, and the challenge is they almost universally are. Almost, I'm sure universally your clientele, uh, your, your clients are, are smart people. They're mm-hmm. motivated, dedicated. But even when you're smart, you get better with practice. And you don't need to get better with practice, practicing on your own business. You need to get better at putting together the, the team. Getting out of your own way, confidentiality. Uh, Again, it's very difficult. I'm a very social person, so I I admit it's difficult for me. I've actually been through the cycle twice personally. Um, It's difficult biting your tongue around everyone. Um, And then when the deal's over, when it's negotiation time, it is very hard to do surgery on yourself. Mm -hmm. It, It just... Maybe the world's best negotiator, I would still say, have someone else on the team. You guys may disagree and agree and come up with strategy. Let someone else do the, the, the talking. So all of these things, all the biggest traps are the client, are, are, the, are the business owner. Though there are some other ones. Uh, the, the, and outside that, you know, there's no consumer product safety commission when it comes to buying and selling a business. There are a lot of bad actors out there. And over and above that, there are a lot of highly motivated actors that are not motivated in your best interest. And in many cases, they're very good at what they do. 
And so you are really swimming with the sharks when you're trying to do this on your own. Yeah. And that's one thing I think a lot of chiropractors make that mistake is they try to broker the deal themselves with the, you know, the other practice. There are some really good uh, chiropractic specific brokers. And I just highly recommend you have someone that does that. They, they really tackle a lot of what you just said uh, for you. It takes the emotion out as well. Uh, you obviously want to have your attorney. Uh, a lot, I see a lot of people try to go through selling a practice without even an attorney. And I think one of the reasons that that these chiropractors do it is they're trying to save money. And right. I'm sure you've seen that before. And they say, well, I don't want to spend 15,000 on an attorney. I don't want to give a percentage to the business broker. Then I got my accountant that's got to figure it out, you know, and, and, then, I, and then I got to pay uncle Sam once I get, you know, it's like, but then there's like something we see in our practice. And, I, and this can be a little bit of a, a rambling is, um, you know, when you sell a chiropractic practice, it's going to be broken down into goodwill. And then it's going to be broken down into the other category, which would be like your equipment and all that. And that differentiation percentage of what is goodwill and what is not has a huge tax implication for you. And again, I'm not an expert in this. I just, I've, I've sold the practice before. And that was one of the sticking points that my attorney was astute to, to look at. And it, it's like the money I saved in taxes on that really probably offset what it cost me for his work right. as the attorney. <laughs> in fact, absolutely. We have an entire chapter just talking about that subject. And the unwary will not realize that the buyer is engineering this deal so that you're paying ordinary income tax on the entire deal. Um, there, there are so many ways to, to do the deal and some far more favorable to you than others. But I think more fundamental is the difference between cost and value. When someone comes to you, Kevin, and you, you quote your fees, there's, there's two kinds of buyers. One is going, ow, that's a lot of money. And another one is going, well, if he adds more value than this is going to be, then this is well worth it. And absolutely, when you're talking about the sale of the business, it just takes one, one thing. And your professionals have more than paid for themselves. And the odds of there not being a single thing in the whole transaction that they don't find that doesn't help you are very slim. Yeah. So, um, you know, write the check. Just just, just get over it. Write the check. You're you not writing it to me. Yeah. You got to write the check too, because, um, you know, a lot of times in these deals, it's going to, there's going to be a, a long period of time before it actually sells. And you need to keep that business financials st status quo, if not grow, like you can't have a decrease in business because that's going to impact the sales. So a hypothetical scenario as a chiropractor is, is that you try to go it alone. You're spending all this time trying to work this deal. And in that period of time, let's call it 90 days or 120 days or six months. Sometimes this can take even longer. As we know, chiropractic practice is probably not as long as some of the big businesses that you've worked with, but it's going to take a period of time. If your bandwidth is being just sucked dry from uh, trying to, to to work this deal, then ultimately your numbers are going to go down in the practice. And then that's going to impact the sale price potentially. And again, there's another way you've you've lost money there by trying to do it yourself and you don't really have the skill set or the bandwidth to, to tackle that. Have you seen so, that before? Yeah. In fact, there is one thing you can do yourself. And we talk about it extensively in the book. We talk about how to do it. 
And that is build your own deal book. And it's a two-part book. One is confidential, will never be seen by anyone else. And one is essentially your first pass at the due diligence that's going to happen when an offer comes along. And by having this deal book, you have, in essence, been forced to build your team in advance. You've been forced to, when you say, when I say due diligence, I don't mean, I don't mean go find every single thing and put it in a folder that they're going to ask of you. I'm saying find every single thing that they're going to ask of you and index where it is mm-hmm. because money loves speed. And if you get in a deal and you've done your prep and you've already, by the way, as part of this prep, you're going to find out that there are things that need dressing up, things that need polishing. In fact, one of the beauties of building a deal book and dressing your business for sale is even if you don't sell it, it will make you more money. And that largely you can do by yourself. That's the kind of stuff that you can do by yourself. But part of the deal book, find your team, find the information and be ready because time kills deals. Mm -hmm. And the faster you can answer questions the faster you keep the ball rolling, especially when you're dealing with private equity or professionals. They don't want to deal with idiots. Yeah. They want to deal with people who are professional. On the other. They'll show more respect. They'll respect mm-hmm. the team. They're much less likely to pull punches, not because they're saints, but because certain things they're, they're going to catch that. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I And I can say that uh, I have a unique look into the profession. I talk to a lot of people. Uh, private equity is entering into the chiropractic space uh, more than it has been, and it's going to keep on increasing. Uh, they are looking for particular types of practices, but they are um, paying a, a better uh, multiplier. Uh, there's there's a lot of benefits of that. There's things to look out for. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure at some point I'll have a, a podcast episode about that. But to your point of preparing for it, I've actually, I've got a, a, a mastermind group and in a couple of weeks, we're meeting for our fourth and final of this particular year. Uh, we've got another, you know, next year we'll be at it again, but we're actually bringing in uh, the CEO f- from Progressive Practice Sales, which is a chiropractic specific practice broker. And the whole guest presentation she's putting together for four hours and, and kind of the theme of the weekend is build to sell. And it's not that necessarily these mastermind members are looking to sell right away. Some of them are closer than others but they're wanting to know what the hell to do to make it sellable. And it might take some time. And even if you're not looking to sell it down the road, if you start doing those things, like you said, you're going to be more profitable. You're going to be more attractive to other buyers and and that type of thing. And you could scale it more. And so I would love for you to touch a little bit more on that preparation aspect. Yeah, absolutely. What's fundamental is, is you do interesting things you wouldn't normally do. For example, invest in taxes. What do I mean by that? A lot of small business owners, they run everything, including the kitchen sink through their business. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sell it, that's actually going to hurt the value. Yeah, you may have alternate books, and but it's mm-hmm. still going to hurt the value. When you have clean books, that's going to boost the value. And, and yeah, that's, it comes at a, a price tag. You're going to have processes and procedures. One of the most interesting things, I think, is that, as you mentioned, PE want a certain kind of business. Mm-hmm. They want a business that is a self-managed entity. They want a business where no one person is crucial and critical to the survival of the company. When you go through the process of building what they would wanna buy, you now are actually in this wonderful position 
of having a choice you didn't have before because you've built this self-managing entity. You may actually say, I'm not selling it. I'm just going to cash the checks because that's where you will end up if you do this right. Mm -hmm. And having that choice is, is, is a wonderful choice. In fact, I've had two runs at me by private equity. I looked at them very hard. I, I have been dressing the business up for years. And now my philosophy is I'm not sharing my profit growth. I'm just going to cash the checks and let this next generation run it for me. Yeah. And one thing I want to talk about, we kind of were pre-chat, we were talking and, um, and I was kind of saying, you were asking how I was doing. I got a lot going on. Um, and I mentioned, uh, you know, there's a fine line between uh, being in a flow state and being burned out. Um, and I'm on the on the good side of that right now. I'm definitely in a flow state, which is which is good. Uh, I feel like I see a lot of chiropractors where people in general, um, they end up selling their business prematurely because they've crossed that line into to burnout. And so now they're just like, they want this thing off their hands and they, you know, like they're not really thinking about this objectively and logically because of that burnout or overwhelm. Uh, do you see that often where people get into that trap where they just, they've kind of overwhelmed the whole thing and they just want to get rid of it. And then they've made really bad decisions from there. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you think about it rationally, why are you burning out? Cause you won't slow down. Yeah. Okay. You're going to sell it. Well, if you were willing to sell it, why are you not willing to slow down? And, and what people don't realize is the exercise of slowing down forces you to engage in skill sets like who, not how. Yeah. If you're willing to slow down, maybe you don't want to spend the money for the office manager or for the next generation. Yeah, maybe it will cut your short-term income down. But are you, you're just going to give it all up? Mm -hmm. If you're going to give it up, then slow down and dress it up. And then you can sell at the max income or often as not, won't even want to sell anymore. You'll have an alternative choice. You're Sorry. absolutely right. It, it is, um, it, it is, it is fascinating because that is heat of battle. I'm not criticizing the fog of war that exhausted, that tired, the sick of it. Yeah. You, you don't have to quit. You just have to make other decisions and slow down. Even if that decision, and, and I'll tell you a funny thing. My phone, it goes off at 530. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I am done. I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just steps like that force you to change your mindset of how you're going to run the business because it's not humanly possible to run it properly any other way. Yeah. And, you know, as a certified financial planner, I'm sure you see this all the time where they'll come to you and say, look, I want to sell the business, but I'm even with whatever amount of money, I'm worried about my long-term retirement without this steady income. And so they're worried about, even if they did sell it and get a lump sum, they're worried about their long-term. Uh, but then they're not willing to necessarily maybe take a temporary haircut, like you said, in your personal pay. Uh, I'm just going to make up numbers, but maybe you could pay yourself $35,000 a year or less and you could hire a person that really comes in and, and tries to take a lot of things off your plate. And now you try to run a business like let's, let's test drive this for a year where right. I take a lot of stuff off my plate. I'm going to increase my overhead a little bit, decrease my pay, but I'm not selling the business yet. And let's see how I feel when I'm in a flow state where I'm doing the who, not how I'm, I'm, I'm really got certain strategies around protecting my, 
my flow state or my just my energy levels and then see if you still want to sell it. Do, do you have uh, that conversation with people? Yeah, I, you've said it perfectly. And it's interesting because to tell the truth, and I'll tell the clients this, this is actually a conflict of interest for me. We're fiduciaries. There aren't many conflicts, but it's a conflict for me to tell you don't sell the business because all that money comes into your account with me. But we still have that conversation. And the, the bottom line is, got to remember, no one's buying a company just to give you money. They're taking some of the, the money. out Now, there may be efficiencies. There may be other benefits. Mm -hmm. A year buys you optionality. Yeah. For $35,000, $50,000, you have bought the option to have an option. That makes sense the way I said that invariably a business is worth more to other people than it is to you. There are very small, except few exceptions. Usually it's because PE has gotten into a mania and they're just flat overpaying beyond belief. Yeah. But if they're going to make money out of it, it's coming that that's money you're not going to make. Mm -hmm. So if you can figure out how to create that optionality and do so and let the, let it be your lifestyle, your energy, your resource for your lifestyle. No, I love it. That uh, makes a lot of sense. And uh, and then when do they? When should they start having the conversation with someone like yourself? You know, the financial planner, um, investor. When when should they start having that conversation? I'm assuming it's before they list the business for sale, right? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, you know, and it depends. Yeah, you know, a lot of financial advisors are really investment consultants primarily. They got some ideas and people to introduce you to. Um, you know, a, a holistic firm like us, where we're very intensely involved with the decision making and getting helping you knit together that team, uh, yeah, at, at least a year, mm -hmm. yeah, preferably a year before you you would think of listing it. Uh, yeah, very rarely does that happen, but it gives everyone time to strategize, plan, and and, and have a game plan. Because you got to look at everything. You got to say, okay, what assets do you currently have? What kind of investments do you have now what's your liquidity what's your net worth do you own the real estate for your office do you not like you got to plug this right. in and in the whole picture because it's not exactly. just one thing and if a, and if a chiropractor's taking home for example three hundred thousand a year mm -hmm. well three hundred thousand a year requires a fairly good sized pot to live on for the next 25, 35 years. People consistently underestimate how long they're probably going to live. Most people today in their 50s and 60s who are affluent and have taken some care of themselves are going to live well into their 90s. Yeah. Um, you, whatever that number is that you need to live on, multiply it by 25. Mm -hmm. The studies show that's probably what you're going to need to survive the vagaries of the market, the next Ukraine war, the next bad election. Markets go up and down. That's the only way to avoid being mangled by inflation over time is to be exposed to different investments. And you need a lot of exposure. You need a lot of money. A lot of people will exit stage left before they've got enough value in their business to really continue the lifestyle they've become accustomed to. Yeah. And I like that number. And I've seen that before. Just sort of people caught that. Um if you make, a, I'm just going to use easier numbers for me, $100,000 a year, uh, you times that by 25, you need $2.5 million right. um, and when you retire to to sustain yourself for as many years as you mentioned, Paul. And that's, a lot of people are, you know, surprised by that, but it's, you shouldn't be. If you are, it's because you haven't started having the right conversations. And, and that's why it's important 
you know, for our 29 year old chiropractors that are just starting and, you know, the conversation of $2.5 million might sound like a, you know, far off into the future, but if you start investing now, you know, if your, if your practice has a 401k, you know, all the different things you start doing it now, uh, you'd be surprised. You can, you can definitely get there. Um, you know, you just it, need it, to just, know the number. Yep. And after all those saving, all those investments, everything else you put together, the sale of that business after tax has to plug the difference. If it doesn't plug the difference, you can't afford to sell it. Mm -hmm. Just keep okay. dressing it up, wait for a better deal. Wait another year or two. Absolutely. Well, Paul, this has been great. Um, I want them to make sure they get your book tips and traps selling your business while maximizing your wealth. Uh, how can they reach out to you if they've got more questions, they want to talk about some financial planning uh, or anything like that? Thank you, Kevin. Avion Wealth is our website. That's uh, A-V-I-O-N, Avion Wealth. Phone number is 281-528-1200. On the website, we've got a whole bunch of resources. We actually have books about finance that I've written, um, Platform for Wealth, your expert team, uh, and some others. Um, if you are okay with it, we can put a link on your site where they can request a copy of this book. And when you request, you may call, we, we may reach out by email. If you don't want us to, just tell us. But either way, as, as one of your guests and listeners, we'll be happy to share the book. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll put that in the link. I really appreciate your wealth of knowledge. And I look forward to seeing you in December in our next strategic coach meeting. Yes, it's going to be great. Thank you so much, Kevin. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash-confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab, watch the short video on there, and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos, you send them to us, we produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.